Welcome to the Keeping Up Appearances podcast. I'm Colin Murray and with me is... Bob Cole, Sean O'Hara and Michael Tosh. Hey, Bob, do me a favour, take your headphones out when, when Callum talks about Socrates' glove. I could do. <laughs> I want everyone to hear that bit. <laughs> so, we're going to start this week with a new feature, which is called Maroon 5. Now, this came about from a few years ago, while in the pub I boldly proclaimed that Maroon 5's top three songs would match any other artist's top three songs. It's always been a hot topic of debate between us, which we thought we could make a great Desert Island Disc-themed podcast to which the name Maroon 5 was created. Now, if we've learned anything from Carl Pilkerton, is that if you've got a great name, you have to make a feature for it, and that's exactly what we've done. So Maroon 5 will work like this. Every week we'll have a theme, and we all have to select a player, a team, a match that we think best fits that theme. The fifth person will be selected in a different way. It could be the most obvious answer, a bit like in Desert Island Disc, the way the Bible's already given to you. It could be Bob's Everton answer for that theme, or it could be selected by the fans. Okay, so let's start with this week's feature. Oh, yeah. Okay, then. So for this week's Maroon 5, the very first episode, what we're going to do is we're going to pick our favourite football mavericks. So the slightly extravagant players, our favourite players, and who would fit that genre. So the obvious one we're going to go for this week is Paul Gascoigne. Hopefully it is fairly obvious why we picked him. Fantastic footballer, unbelievable talent. We're obviously a bit mad. There's plenty of stories I'm sure people could go into, but we're going to start today with Callum's. Callum, who is your football maverick? My football maverick will be Balotelli. I think kind of fits the bill. Kind of an out there personality. A bit rogue in some of his decisions and, and sort of how he carried himself. But yeah, like a special talent and someone who probably didn't fulfil the, the full potential. But he just had something about him. He was a bit, bit crazy, a bit unpredictable. He didn't know what he was going to do next. Obviously, I think all Mavericks kind of have that iconic like, moment. I think obviously Balotelli had the Why Always Me moment and it always did seem to be about him. And I think that's, that's like a classic Maverick. I think off the pitch, he was as mad as he was on it. Um, stories of when he was in when at City and going around in Manchester and stuff and the things he, he was getting up to um, and, and the trouble he was getting into. And I don't think he slowed down in, in that sense. I think he yeah, just uh, one of those out there personalities that showed on the pitch and off the pitch as well. So he would be my vote as a, a real footballer maverick. How good was he as a player, do you reckon? How good could he have been? I think he was very good. I think it's probably one of those where, like, if he wasn't as much as a, of a maverick, he probably could have been, been a lot better. He just looked like somebody who maybe didn't take it, take it or himself as seriously as he probably could have done. But like all like kind of natural abilities, it looked like he seemed to have, and he's kind of showed that wherever he's gone um, since Man City. But it's always been kind of like flashes. But I think he was he's one of those where probably a bit of a waste of talent by probably not you know having his head screwed on as much. I often think back to that semi-final in the Euros against Germany when Germany were hot favourites and he scores them two goals. And I just think they just think that one of them is an absolute like screamer, just like yeah. as you say, all the natural ability, everything physically as well. He was tall, mm-hmm. he was strong, he was quick. Mm-hmm. Something of a, a waste of talent, maybe. I think that's an element of Mavericks, isn't it? You sort of think there's that part of it where the 
did the you mentioned the fulfiller potential where as good as they could have been. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think exactly. I agree, and yeah, I think you had everything to his game. Um, I think sort of technically everyone scored different types of goals, and yeah, just one of those where you think he probably had a lot more to give. And I think managers have tried and tried to sort of coach him and, and help him in that, but I think just the the nature of of him and his personality and what he was about maybe made that a bit difficult, but. Yeah, I think he fits the Maverick. Fair play. Balotelli, the first player to be marooned. Sean, what about yourself? Well, we talk about Balotelli perhaps not fulfilling his potential. My choice is the opposite. Someone who had absolutely no right to do what he's done. A Maverick in the sense of they almost feel like they don't, they're from a different era, like they've been plonked into a different era. So my choice for football Maverick is Jamie Vardy. Yeah, from my point of view, I've always kind of had a bit of a soft spot for him. Maybe not always. Uh, I remember at the time when he first shot onto the scene, well, when he had the big season with Leicester anyway, and he was being spoken of in the same sentences as like Van Nistelrooy when he broke his record. I almost kind of had a bit of a thought of he shouldn't really be spoken in the same sentences as these strikers. But then from that point, I just think and I kind of grew a new respect for him. In that you think of where he where he's come from, obviously, I think he was playing for Chef Wed, wasn't he? Until he was, about sixteen, something like that. I think got dropped, fell down into non-league, and then worked his way up into a Leicester team. Struggled the first, and then kind of came into his own. Um, had absolutely no right to perform as well as he did in the Premier League. He was top scorer as well, wasn't he? One year, was it the COVID year? He was top scorer. He won the Golden Boot. Yeah. Um, and he's so unconventional in the way he talks. Kind of like you've got so many footballers these days who are media trained, and then you got Jamie Vardy who's just like looked like he's just walked in from the park. He wasn't like never met a never met a journalist before. He talks about having Red Bulls and I don't know. He's just he's everything you don't think a footballer is going to be. And, and yeah, I think he's great. Even more so as well is. When he first came through, he had a, a bit of a reputation of like this non-league little scrapper. And then you think of where he's come to now, where he's had to play through different managers. He's gotten older. He's had to adapt his style, scoring different types of goals, playing different types of systems. I think he's so much cleverer and so much better than a lot of people give him credit for. And I think we will look back on Jamie Vardy as like a bit of a a bit of a mystery, but also a, a, like a, a very very good Premier League footballer. I think I was watching a few weeks ago is like you no know, one of them on Sky the Premier League hundred goals and is one of that and like the two things that sort of jumps out is like as I say like the goal the way he scores his goals it's sort of you think as long as he just gets through and he just hits it hard and low yeah he's quick isn't he as powerful and the other thing is just you not know, like the amount of times he celebrates by just winding fans up and you know, getting in the yeah fans. I love all that. Yeah. About 50 of them seem to be in front of like West Brom. And I just didn't notice like the <laughs> amount of goals in front of the West Brom fans. And in the, like in the same corner. I know what you mean with the Mavi, he's great. I, I, a lot of people hate him. I'm a big fan myself. Oh, like, I, I love him. I love them, them like them horrible footballers. Like, do you remember when me and you went to Leeds? The Ever- yeah. White Leeds. And like I, that's when I fell in love with El Hadj Juf. I know he's in him. He's not very well liked, but I just loved he had he had the Evan Van Dieten out of his hand. It was unbelievable. 
just always that thing, isn't it? Why, like, you see them when, like, they score that goal and you've got them people in the front of them, like, shouting and screaming, thinking, why are you so angry? He's exactly what he's, in it. he's absolutely loving that. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I, I just think even, like, his, when you think, look at his goal, like, that Premier League 100 club, and you see his goals, like, obviously, he's got, like, the worldie against Liverpool and, yeah. got, like, the odd goal like that. But generally, they're, like, running in behind, aren't they? Or just a little poacher goal. Like, but yeah. to find, get into space and you think... He hasn't come through an academy system where, like, these top-level clubs, he's come up in non-league and just learned these skills there. And I just think for him to be able to be as playing as high as he can, even getting in the England squad, just unbelievable. Yeah, I think he's a... Sorry, No, I was going to say, I think he's a, he's a good maverick in the sense of, like, everything about him, even his story. It's, like, quite unconventional, quite maverick in the way he sort of came through. And it's just quite, like... Yeah, it's not, not usual. Is it? He just doesn't look like a Premier League footballer. doesn't look like he lives like a Premier League footballer or treats his body like a Premier League footballer. And you see more than the same the Red Bull, as you said. Like, he just doesn't look that healthy. He doesn't, if you've seen him in the street, I don't think you'd say he's an athlete. He's just like that kind of person. I think, yeah, the, the wind-up and things like that, he, he's a, yeah, maybe in like the true sense, he's a, he a bit of a, a maverick. Possibly just like generally in life, a maverick, maybe not even like a football sense. He's just a bit like that kind of character. No, if if he wasn't playing football, yeah. If he yeah, wasn't playing football, he'd be he'd be the exact same Sunday league yeah, kind of just thing, and he'd there. probably be a bit mean, a bit not, but yeah. quite funny and probably 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 quite sound. Just like he's just like a maverick kind of individual, but yeah, I think it's a good one. Um, I can't I can't stand him. Get it? Absolutely, absolutely hate him. That's what we wanted. And his wife. Yeah, but she's not in the list. Well, uh, you haven't got that, to meet. I know, yeah. Wags is next week. Hate some through association, then. Legend. Um, I'll, Shall I go next? My one I'm going to go for is Socrates. So I'm a, I like sort of thinking back to old footballers and I like reading books and watching old things. So the, one of the first people that jumped out to me was, was, yeah, as I say, Socrates. I always... I'm very much a YouTube watching all things on YouTube, and I always end up back at my favourites, which is the 1982 World Brazilian World Cup side. Didn't win it, and I think he was sort of the fulcrum of that side, him and Zico, and just a fantastic footballer, just a, such a graceful. I think I play a bit like Socrates. I don't, but you know, at all runs around, looks like he glides on the pitch. But I think the maverick elements was is there quite a positive thing. I know Callum's got a few stories he can potentially tell in a minute, but. Like I read his book, he was a doctor, qualified doctor. He he wouldn't play football full time until he qualified through his studies. He refused to train until he was able to do that. He was very much a socialist. He was believed in at that time in Brazil there was a military regime, and he was often standing up against them. He founded for the football team he played for, the Corinthians Democracy. I know that, and a, very much just a chain smoker and things like that. You've seen the things he did. For that team, that Brazil team, it's one of the shames you don't really. He played, I think, briefly in Europe. If I'm right, I should probably check that. I think he may have played for Fiorentina, but he didn't really. He played for a few teams in Brazil. So there's not as much footage that you maybe would have seen because he was around the same time as people like you know Maradona and Cruyff and people like that. You don't see as much footage of him. Only they're really them. In 1982, he did play in '86, but I think for me, yeah, just. He was one that jumped out as, as I say, I think if we do this feature about teams we've loved and things like that, I think I will mention that Brazil team a few times. But as a maverick, I think just 
just was a bit different to say the way he played such a, a graceful and a, a lovely footballer and then off the pitch the things he did a bit differently to other footballers at that time you know trying to get things players voting and players talk and probably a forebear of like things like the PFA in our country the players having a, a right to vote and the players having a discussion I think he was definitely a forebearer of that big John Lennon fan as well he was a big John Lennon fan yeah I did, didn't he say so it was something like I think I read I have read his biography recently it's called Dr Socrates and he talks about that I think he loved Fidel Castro as well didn't he I think he was all all them sort of things so he probably gets Bob vote just for the John Lennon haven't, haven't you got an interesting fact about him Callum so interesting. interesting no obviously he went to obviously at that time where he signed for Garth I think like the the lower, lower leagues in England. I think he was maybe past 50 at that time, um, which was a a big kind of, or maybe like a market employee by the team at the time and for Brazilian soccer schools. He came over and played the game. I think, you know, he's sitting there possibly smoking on the bench, but he got on. Yeah, I think he won it at the time. And obviously I'm quite, well, I'm close to the to the person, Simon Clifford, who signed him and sort of managed him for, for that. And sort of he ended up being a close friend of his, Socrates, from like, yeah, the nineties through two thousand until he passed away, and yeah, as as, a, as another fact, the gloves he wore on the bench that night have also worn on a cold day around a park. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there, there's your link between me and Socrates. Both great ballers as well. That's just a fact too. Correct, and both with warm hands. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Go on, lastly, then Bob John. I don't know where we go from there. Really, maybe should have gone to this fella after Socrates. Uh, we were debating whether this fellow was the obvious one, but as we've already mentioned, John and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for L V Soul George Best. Um not just because the nickname, but he was me dad's non Everton football hero. So some of the some of the stories I've seen will seem absolutely mental. So I'll go for him really, not that I've seen him play other unusual clips, but Probably the very first football, I would imagine. When, yeah, as we were discussing what would be the obvious one, I think he was certainly someone that would have been in my thinking again. Pretty much, again, I haven't checked, but I'm sure he's pretty much done as a footballer by the age of about 26, 27, I think. He won the European Cup United in 68, and he was very young then. He scored in the final. He'd left United by like 73, 74, and never really did much. It's a bit of a shame, and obviously the way it ended for him, but like I think in terms of that, criteria of football maverick like a genius on the pitch and you know a genius off it as well yeah yeah one well, like the face to do that as well wasn't he as in like yeah be that good but equally have that big celebrity outside the footy as well yeah definitely as i said i think that there was a documentary a few years ago i don't know if people see it on itv as a call like football mavericks and i think the people who people like rodney marsh and frank worthington and tony curry i think they were all sort of came after him and that inspired that sort of generation that people loved. I think like sort of like every team sort of had a player like that, a bit of a mad player, but like a genius. And yeah, I think that's a, a lovely way to round it off, to be perfectly honest. So our first week in Maroon 5, we've got Gaza, Balotelli, Jamie Vardy, Socrates and George Best. Some five-a-side team now. No one going in goal. Callum Cannon. the gloves. <laughs> 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, but we can hear everyone else. else. Universal conversation. Tell them, uh, tell everyone in there about the podcast, Bob. Well, they're on, on your way out. Might get a few more listeners. 
So last week's game was Spurs versus Sheffield United. Um, quite an exciting game, really, by, by the end of it. Um, lots of talking points. Um, I think there was possibly one person who got a correct prediction, but I'll let him sort of tell you all that. Um, but yeah, a good game. Obviously, I think we all said Spurs are going to win. Looked for a long time like that wasn't going to happen. As Evertonians, I think we were all a bit worried that Sheffield United were going to get three points on the board. But yeah, I think the class and quality sort of shone through at the end. Anyone have any any thoughts on how it went? Or yeah, my main thing, I don't, Carl, just to pull you up. Um, I, I can't say I watched the match. I've seen obviously the highlights and that. Um, when you say about like the class shone through. The thing I that struck me, and I kind of want to see what you lot think. You know, like all this added time at the end of matches. Like I don't want to sound like Gary Neville moaning about it, but is it just something that's gonna gonna benefit the bigger teams more than the little ones? Because the thing there, when 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 it went one all, Sheffield United's edge just fell off like totally. Everything, all the basics that they were doing in beforehand, even playing off from the back, they just didn't know what they were doing because they were obviously. So close to a three points against Tottenham, that would have been huge. Got pegged back one all, and then the Reds just went. And then I think the little teams are going to suffer a lot more. Yeah, definitely. I think it's hard enough to keep keep a team shut out for ninety minutes, then to have another ten minutes on top of that when you're already tired and yes, you know, mentally and physically tired and stuff. I, I think. think I mean, no, I was saying I think completely agree that it is that thing to favour the big. Likewise, the same with like five subs and things like that. It's all geared towards that thing. You know, even you know, I, I said that we said a few times, you know, if it was the other way around, would Sheffield United have got that much injury time? I know, you know, the time wasting comes in. Did you see did anyone see that hecking bottoms interview after it when he was talking about yeah. that? Talking about his keeper getting booked after, you know, ten minutes and like the referee telling him you'll have just have to go long and things like that. And it's I just, I just don't really get it, you know. I think like, I, I don't think anyone was asking for this personally, like that, that sort of change. Like, you know, certainly myself going to like Goodison. Last thing I want to see is like ten more minutes at the end of the game. It's, like, it's we only got four, didn't we? Yeah, and again, like the four minutes. That, that should have been about twelve. I was thankful to be honest, but yeah, I say like, I just. I just I feel for you feel for someone like Sheffield United because you know that's the sort of result that might turn a season. And, you know we've seen you know last year that goes to the last day where three teams are fighting for that last place. And, you know them three points uh, could be anything. And you know as I say, I'm sure if you totted it up right, the referee's probably done it right. That you know all the time wasted and things like that. But as I say, just you've got like as Sean says, they just I think everyone sort of thought when they scored one, oh, they might get another year because that'll just be that like, will have done Sheffield United and. Please for a Charleston because obviously, like came out last week and said of his sort of struggles. So obviously, we've I think we've mentioned another podcast how much we all love him. But yeah, it was nice for him in the scene. It was nice of Son, who's not who's not one of our favourites to a uh, sort of push him towards the front. I thought that was a nice touch. But he's trying to break it, aren't he? Could well have been libelous. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think the the time wasting thing is. Definitely just to benefit the big clubs and like it's who decides what time wasting is. I, I could bet you if, you if you look at it, I bet you there's probably not much difference than maybe what the Tottenham keeper was taking in terms of time wise to take than what Sheffield United are. Because Sheffield United are like a lower team, it seemed like they're time wasting. Whereas if Tottenham were doing the same time, like you know, it just benefits like the I think if you just go for like the lower of the power kind of dynamic and assume it must be time wasting. 
Whereas, you know, if 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 a Tottenham were taking the time to consider what pass, it, I think the argument would be like, oh no, they're not time wasting because it's only against Sheffield United, so they can't be time wasting. But um, yeah, so I don't think keep linking back to Everton, but you know, like the Arsenal on Saturday, you know, they were time wasting because obviously they were chasing the game. You know, there's one corner that took something like thirty seconds to take, wasn't yeah. it? You know, like, there was the Sky made the video of that, and that's. No one was really a period time because it's just sometimes we're taking it. I think last night I was watching Forrest Burnley and I think the Fort Burnley goalkeeper was booked after like eight minutes or something mad like that mm. for time wasting. It's just like you know, I don't, yeah, it just it just feels it just feels stupid and it just feels like again yeah, the referees just just sort of trying to of all the things that the the, the wrong with the game. I don't think that minutes at the end is that the main problem. You know, the referees in getting all these decisions wrong and missing penalties and you know mm. which I know it's obviously not they don't have to both be it's not one or the other but you know I don't know I won't be surprised if it's like for some sort of like long term I know there's always like the idea of the games being shortened mm. kind of I think it, you know it might be a case of like they're trying to force the players hands on that where the games are getting so long where the players have no choice but to go yeah they need to be short and then we'll just play and the time the ball's like on the pitch and stuff. I don't know if that's kind of in the thinking. It's kind of ruining it so much. Yeah, to 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 ruin it so much and like, you know, the, like the well being of players if they, they are playing one hundred and five minutes every game, um, that they just sort of go, okay, we won't, we'll stop it. We'll go to, I don't know what the time was, it sixty or seventy minutes was kind of muted as a bit of a stop clock. So yeah, so I mean, it's one hundred and five minutes where, as we said earlier about the subs, isn't it? Where you know, like. Sheffield United probably got no one to bring on like Everton like that at the moment. We you know was Tottenham mm-hmm. coming off for Charleston, sixty million pound footballer Brendan Johnson. Who's he just paid? They can bring all these people on, and they've got energy for basically half their team. Mm-hmm. But Sheffield United fighting with the same people, just trying to sort of defend a lead, and yeah, it just doesn't sit right with you. I don't think. I agree. And but... if I can have another moan, um, where do you stand on? Because I know we we used to make fun of Liverpool for this when they did the thing that West Brom when they drew. When Tottenham did the big thing to the fans, and they were getting slated all over the internet for celebrating, I think you've got to do that. Win two one like that, scoring those two late goals. I don't think there's any problem with doing that to your home fans. Like so that, like the emotion in that, and then obviously I think it was like obviously four like Richardson and stuff to put him at the front and to build like a winning feeling. I don't right. think there's anything wrong with that at all. Like. Yeah, no, something they've always done. I like Copros or Jamie, but again, like, yeah, completely agree. I don't understand why anyone would have a problem with it. And some seat behind the goal that second looked unbelievable, didn't it? Like the, the yeah, celebration yeah. behind it. Right. Should we spin the wheel and see next week's game? Sounds good. What did you say? Sorry. <laughs> I'm doing the wheel, Bob. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm on the move. Quiet now. Yeah, but you're going to be walking through town. <laughs> a busker or something. Yeah, but, but I'm now. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm no longer moving. Make sure, make sure this gets out of These are the rules. We select three matches from this week's fixtures, which are entered into the Wheel of Fortune. This will randomly select our featured game. This match will be the focus of our discussions, predictions, and most importantly, our game of keeping up appearances. Once our fixture has been chosen, we'll use an online generator to provide a target number for our game. For us, this is anything between 50 and 450. Our job then is to think of a player who's made that many appearances for either of our selected teams. 
whoever's closest wins. Each week, four points will go to the closest person, three points for second place, two points will go to third place, and the person who's furthest away gets one. These points will be accumulated over the whole season, and we'll update our league table each week. Our three games this week then are Chelsea Villa, Liverpool West Ham, and North London Derby Arsenal Tottenham, which I think is the game we are hoping for. Uh, even though it will be Tottenham two weeks on the run, but obviously it's the biggest game of the weekend. So let's see. And lucky for us, it is Arsenal Tottenham. Ooh, big one. Yeah, I mean, I've got not really got anything else to say about Tottenham, to be fair. So <laughs> be very Arsenal heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's a massive game, isn't it? It seems like a, it's possibly one of the, the first, like, big games of, of like the season so far in terms of like does this have any kind of play on that you know I don't say for a title race but who's going to be right up there it's potentially a big three points to be taken like right now by either of those teams you know it's not going to take that big three points and you know they're right up there and they'll feel right okay let's keep this going Arsenal win that and think okay yeah we're still we're still around like don't count us out so yeah big three points both teams in like good form and good Good spirits, I think. Obviously, Arsenal have got Champions League tomorrow night. I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, you see how, how they come out of that, and yeah, it should be an exciting game. I think it's a lot of a lot of good players on show. I think it, tactically, it would be interesting as well, like to see how they both fare against each other. But yeah, it should be a good one. Interesting seeing Arsenal on Sunday. Obviously, we're not against much, but. You know, the system just seems there and you think like Rice has just made such a great addition that everything just seems yeah. to be going through him and they did, the Yeah. I think Mar- <laughs> Martinelli could they reckon could be a doubt. He's definitely not playing tomorrow, they reckon he could. And I think he can still bring the likes of Trossard off the bench who's who looks is so good when he on his day, I think. Yeah, it's just it should be a great game. You know, I often think like when people talk about derbies in my head of Everton Liverpool often sometimes disappoints, certainly for us. And you know, you sometimes the Manchester Derby but I just always think the North London Derby seems to be a great game. Yeah, man, you know, just always seems to be goals. Always action. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it might just be one of them things in your head. But I think this one it should be set up. You think the way Tottenham are playing, Tottenham are attacking, they're going to go out at, at Arsenal. Arsenal are obviously well set up. I think it could be a, it's a really tough one to call. Really, I think. You know, I think Tottenham, if you think where they were towards the end of last year, having seen what Arsenal had done all season, the way the mm. season Tottenham had to think that they'd be going into the North London Derby after five, six games in the position they are really confident of going there. And they will be that they'll think they can go there and win. Yeah. I think so. I agree. But yeah, and yeah. I say Arsenal, like, good. Did you see the system? And like, you know, you, you only really notice things like that. I only notice from being there, watching them the way like Zinchenko's in the middle of the basically playing in the middle of midfield, isn't he? Just like, mm-hmm. Thought he was fantastic the other day, and like a few of the others as well. Just even Saliba didn't have to do much, but a couple of times where people were running at him, he's just like no one seems to be able to get past him. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be tough for, for Tottenham to score, but I, I do actually think they will. Yeah, I think Arsenal look very well coached, obviously, very well drilled. Now, I think they all know the, yeah. the roles, I think, and pressing is really good, and these teams to work together and not triggers and stuff. Again, yeah. the bench is like super strong. Um, the bench yeah. against those at the weekend was, was insane. 
in the plays they could have brought on there. And I think uh, I, I put Rice as my sign of the season. I think he's been so key for for that team and what he does in that sort of positionally and tactically what he what he brings and what he does for the Arsenal team is especially like so yeah, it should be an interesting game. I think there's probably goals in it for both sides, to be honest. Um yeah, what do you reckon, Sean? Uh, well, historically, you as Tosh says, you don't generally get many draws. It, do you know, like I was thinking as Tosh said about like Merseyside derby, it's either Everton get battered or it's a draw. As far as I remember, in in sorry, North London derbies, there's generally not that many draws, uh, and it seems to be like switches between who wins. It's not like one team dominates. Like we just you kind of know in certain derbies. However, this one. I do think Arsenal will win. Uh, I know they both started well, and I think if I'm right, I think they're both anti level on points as well. Joint Liverpool as well. I'm sure they are. Um, so obviously these three points will be massive. But as Tosh says, I know they weren't up against much, but Arsenal at the back, I just think they look solid. They've, they've got the kind of the, the original back four from last season back, which I think plays a massive part. Uh, the goalie situation's a bit iffy at the minute. Is Ramsdale out now? Or no? What he what he said is he's using them like tactically, so he's using them as like two like different like actual like players. He's and like depending on the game tactically, he's going to use them for different reasons. He said right. he was close to he was close to subbing Ramsdale on at the weekend as like a, as like a, a, a tactical decision. Okay. Probably up front. Probably up front. Just the yeah. net with no threat. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. It, it's not. It's not a case of like number ones. It's just a case of like tactically for different games. You're using different like attributes in the keepers. Is it not just a case of look at me trying to be clever? Probably, yeah. But ah uh, well, I think that Ramsdale's absolutely dreadful. Though. I, I, I yeah, don't I'm see. I'm not a fan of his. To be fair. Whereas I thought he was. I mean, he was very good on the ball. Right. Obviously, I don't think he had to use his hands at any point, but he was good on the ball on Sunday. I thought. But yeah, that's um, probably something we'll see a bit more of. Maybe we'll see Andy Lonergan come on in the. 70th minute. Right, should we get some predictions in? Sean, set the ball rolling. Well, I actually got it right last week, which is a bone of contention because I think I should get something for that. I think I should get extra points or take points off someone, but uh, someone's being a big baby and won't let me have it. So I'm going to go for an Arsenal win. I know Tottenham are high scoring, but I'm going to go 2 1 Arsenal. I'll go next. I'll go. I'm going to go the exact opposite way. I'm, I'm going to go a, a Spurs win. I'm going to go a 2 1 Spurs win. I think, yeah, hard to call. I just think I'm hoping in my prediction that it's quite cagey, not cagey early on, but Arsenal don't get ahead. I think if Arsenal get ahead, he could win comfortably, actually. But I think, I think if it keeps Tottenham keep them quiet, maybe Nick an early goal, I think Arsenal might panic a bit. So I'm going to go 2 1 Spurs. I'll go 1 0 Spurs with Charles and winner. Take his top off last minute, then. It's not very specific. <laughs> what we all think. What, what we all Can I have some extra points if that's right? <laughs> I um, I had a, a feeling that, like Tosh said there, that there's potential. I think one team might run away with it and we might get a massive surprise. And I think that it just could end up like a mad game, like a, a three or four. Nil, just, I, I don't know, I just have a feeling that, that might happen. But I'm going to go against everything that Sean said. And I think it's going to be two all. I think it's going to be a draw, a high score and draw. I don't know, two all. Um, I'm not going to predict any celebrations or who might score in the last minute or not, but yeah, I'll go with two all. 
Right then, should we move on to keeping up appearances? Right. We've done all the maths. Our number for this week is 175. Great number. Well, the best we've had so far, though. It is. It's a very good number. The, the only better number than that is 249, I think, but yeah. <laughs> so we'll take a couple of minutes, as we always do, try and come up with a couple of answers. We'll be back when we've got our players. What was the number again? 175. Oh, it's a bit like the Moon Over Lens thing, isn't it? That was 177. You did really well on that one as well, so... Exactly. <laughs> I think I'm ready. Yeah, I'm just going to go again. I'm not confident. I did have to fly through this up. I can go. I'm, I'm going to go then. Um, William Gallas or Arsenal. Anyone else? Um, I'll go next. I'll, again, I struggled. I think I've lost I've lost the magic touch here. Yeah, I'm going to go. First one that came into my head was Sami Nasri. I thought he was there around about three, four seasons, but I'm not confident he was there that long. He obviously went to City. So the other one I'm going for again, I think it'll be on the lower side. I don't certainly will be more. The one that comes to my head was a, a player I loved, Arshavin. Again, I'm not sure he'd have been there that long, so I'm not confident. But that's the one that I'm going to opt for. He was one of mine. Yeah, but the rest yeah, he was, yeah. Oh, see, I thought that would have been low, so that makes me feel a bit better. I, I haven't got a clue either, so... I don't think he should be able to pick Russians. <laughs> I'm actually only going to pick Russians, so... <laughs> yeah, all three of them, you know. Um see where you get Rob from? Ukraine, isn't he? Oh, touchy that. Touch the name, <laughs> baby. In the end, I got three. I'll tell you one of them. Because I think it's absolutely mad, but it was it was me little. If I haven't got it, I'll go for this. And it was my Bob might have had the Everton link. It was a Senderos because he was there. I thought he, he, I, he, he was there quite he a while. He doesn't count as an Everton link, sure. I think he was there ages, but obviously only played. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Again, okay. you'd be surprised if he was that high, but it probably more also more than you think as well. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was uh, a man from last week. It was uh, Robin Van Persie. But I don't know if he'd be too too high because he was there a lot longer, wasn't he? He's always injury prone is the thing, wasn't he? But again, I would say that I'd guess that was higher. Is that your answer anyway? Uh, I don't know. You told me, Oliver. No, can't do that. The answer's your answer. Go on then, yeah. Oh, I did it with Valencia. Yeah, I'll stick with it, even though, yeah. You want Van Persie? Yeah, go on. I think he'll be way off, but... So do I. I think he'll be so much more. Tosh has taught me into it now. I think he'll be a lot more. Throw a name. You said you had three names. One of them was Ashman, and you said Senderos and... Yeah, yeah. that's three. Yeah, so you can't, can't be flicking between them. Come no, on. Right. Fran Percy probably scored 175 goals for Arsenal. Really? I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> a goal a game it was, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was famously a goal of games, so Sean has one. Brilliant. Right, I was 
obviously thinking again on like four seasons. I Frankie Valley or yeah, <laughs> I was oh, what a night. I, I had two players. One who kind of obviously broke through quite young, quite injured one, but there for a long time. Another who was there for I think possibly a few years. The one I think was was Alexis Sanchez, possibly there for a few years. To Chelsea, but I'm not too sure how long it was. Then I've seen Dennis Callum. That's how long he was there. <laughs> you want to go yeah, that many games in that? Um, I. I'll go with the other guest. I'll, I'll go with Jack Wilshire, thinking that he was there for a lot longer, but probably played a lot less games. So I'll go with Jack Wilshire. That was like me with Senderos. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Both similarly talented as well. So yeah. <laughs> I think um, I've got to say, I, think I like both your guesses. I think they're, they're two good ones. I think. Right. Shall I quickly do the check? Try and do the check. Him. Have you got time, Bob? Uh, yeah. Chat will take 12 minutes. Well, it is me on this website, so. Junge, mit einer unheimlichen Qualität, einen guten. That's a special talking about a young player with great quality. You just said Van Pierce, he's a terrible shout. He's the guest. Oh. Might get copyrighted for that, John. Yeah, it won't be going in, don't worry. Okay, then. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've just checked using transfer markets. So I'll read out the following again. Not bad guesses for them, number. Well, one bad guess. Um, in fourth place this week is Robin Van Persie with 278 appearances. So 103 out. I said about 100. Sean's numbers around 170 are just uh, not good for him and then third and second place were very close so in third place William Gallas for Bob was 142 so 33 out in second place was me with Arshavin who got 144 appearances so two more than Gallas so 31 out and in first place this week, Callum will share 197, which is 22 out. So pretty good guess from Callum this week, which gets him a much-needed four points. It is a much-needed four points. Thanks, Jackie Wilshire. Yeah, another one maybe didn't fulfil his potential. Correct. Sweet, sweet left foot. Now coach him back at Arsenal, I think, isn't he? He is, yeah. I think he does do it under 18 to under 21s. Let's have a quick look then at our updated league table. Once again, there's no changes in terms of positions, but it's become a lot tighter after this week's game. Tosh is still on top with 22. Sean's in second with 18. Bob's in third with 17. And Callum's massively closed the gap with his win, and he's now on 16 points. Right then, go and wrap it up, Callum. Right then, so that was uh, another episode of the Keeping Up Being Sort podcast. We had our first um, introduction of Maroon 5, which I think went quite well. Mavericks edition. Hopefully, we might say the greatest feature in radio. We definitely say. Um, And yeah, I got another good game of Keeping Up Appearances. I managed to get myself a much either four points. Um, Hopefully, that changes the the scoreboard a little. And yeah, we look forward to North London Derby this weekend. 
have a watch of it and yeah, we'll see you next week to review and over the next week, big game and whatever Maroon 5 topic we can think of. Anything anyone to add? What film are you seeing, Bob? Home Money. Let us know what it's like. Yeah, I will do. Hopefully you enjoy more than you enjoy this podcast. <laughs>